0: Time to get real. I want to see some crazy whizbiz. What's the magic made out of Steve
1: Dong? I want to see some of that whizbiz. This- Hello, Eric. I'm going to welcome you to your own show, because it's called WizBiz with Alex and Eric.
0: Hello. Why, thank you, Alex. I am super glad to be here. Are we doing NPR voice this episode?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose I could do a smooth-talking kind of NPR voice.
0: Today on WizBiz from Alex and Eric. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about potato
1: prices and how they're a lot more interesting than you would think.
0: An organic produce farmer from Idaho will tell us not only about potatoes, but about his reaction to Adventure Time Season 4, Episode 14, Sons of Mars.
1: You know what I found interesting about these voices is that mine seems to be female and you're doing the male, and I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> well,
0: I guess we're just slipping into the roles that uh, made the most sense.
1: Hey, wait a second. How dare you be accurate? And now, um,
0: and now for some soft jazz. Oh, God. <laughs> you know me i only listen to jizz wailing jizz wailing all right and now just in case welcome to Wizbiz with alex and eric i'm eric
1: i'm alex aka max rebo famous jizz whaler
0: <laughs> and was
1: that even on this show
0: I have no idea what yeah, that, the, that the, is.
1: The music in Star Wars, the cantina uh-huh. music, it's called, oh, yeah, yeah. It's called did, Jizz, and they call it yeah. Jizz Wailing. We yeah. talked about
0: that last episode. I talked yes. about it so
1: often, but I was pretty sure it was on the show. Okay.
0: Uh, yes. Anyhow, we are a podcast about Adventure Time, which you probably know already. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about season four, episode 14, The Sons of Mars, and season four, episode 15, Burning Low. Yes. Uh
1: was there a previous episode?
0: Uh-huh. Called yes.
1: Burning Love or Burning Something? Cuz this is that's a weird title if it's not playing off a previous episode.
0: Um well what were the two we we had another Flame Princess episode. We had, we've had two Flame Princess episodes so far and uh I suppose this is a really good time to talk about my new notebook. I just uh, started a new notebook. My last one lasted about 2 years. One of the results of having a brand new notebook because I don't have my notes from previous episodes to look at.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to look. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, I guess I could, I could Google adventure time burning and see if I get multiple.
0: And it's like, your adventure time has led you to gonorrhea.
1: Yeah. Adventure Time Itching, Adventure Time You Should Go to the Doctor. Adventure um,
0: Time Strange Sores.
1: Uh, no, you're searching for burning only says burning low. So, yeah. Okay. Th- so, I guess the – I mean we're not talking about that episode yet. But when yeah. we get to it, we should really touch on the fact that that's a really weird title because <laughs> it doesn't have a whole lot to do other than the word bo- burning, <laughs> a whole lot to do with the episode.
0: Well, and there is a lowness. I- I'll have some thoughts about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll be I'm, ready. I'll be ready for this conversation
1: because I mean, it feels like it'd be like burning high because like, I mean, that was the whole point of the episode. Whatever. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, let's do a quick back and forth as we do. Eric, how have you been in the Fortnite since last we recorded as far as they know?
0: Uh, oh, man, I've been good. Uh, I have continued to play the guitar, of course, and continue to be practicing jazz. I've played music with two different people uh sort of just jamming and and stuff and i'm getting better and more comfortable with it and in fact i played with my brother last night my brother's a really good musician and he was sort of like oh wow you've really improved a lot and so he gave me good feedback i i got like positive uh feedback so i feel kind of music high today like i've been doing good with the music how about uh, you
1: Alex? Well, I would like to tell everybody that you can find Eric's brother on Instagram at first name Arneson music. I forgot your brother's name. Nick. Nick, Nick arnison music. music. Yeah. yeah. Arneson. He's really good. Like I I I follow him. I I don't really know him as a, I've met him once, but uh yeah, he's a very uh, talented musician. Uh Eric, you'll see Eric in a, a video or two of his.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have those videos uh, available online anymore because oh, really? he's a trying to Well, I mean, they, those videos he made when he was first learning how to do video production. Oh, okay. And he's really good now and he's yeah. trying to do it. Oh, yeah, gotcha. So. Uh, but, um, I understand, yeah, right? those were really fun. You know, uh, you and I do a lot of audio editing. Yes. Uh, but very little music editing, but none. Yeah. But our relationship with, uh, audio and computers is much different than somebody who does songs. So it was, it's always really interesting seeing how he does things, like the amount of very minute detail. That you spend on, you know, three minutes of a song versus the like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to let this go for 20 minutes of a podcast, right? Yeah. We might look for ums. We might do some things to make it flow smoothly. But like, you know, I'll adjust levels once and leave it that way for the entire speaker run.
1: Well yeah, yeah. I mean that's just a matter of time, you know. It is. You can't it it, you is. know you can if you go that granular with a podcast, you'll put out one a year. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh I'm I'm fine. I was telling you off air that I'm finally finishing up an editing project that I've been working on for I think over a year now. This uh-huh. monstrous six, seven hundred page sci-fi novel that a friend wrote. And uh uh no no comments on, on the book, but I am very tired of editing at this point, <laughs> so I'm really happy to be done with it. I'm happy I did it. Good good times, good book, but Oh, dear Lord, that was too many words to edit that I didn't write.
0: (laughs) Editing takes a certain kind of brain. Like, I think I've edited three books, and uh, I guess I could kind of see myself doing that professionally, but not really, because it's just, it's so hard to sit down and focus on one project for that long, and it's kind of exhausting to the brain.
1: If I didn't have a full-time job, I could definitely see myself being a full-time editor. Like, Uh Like, I could do a book, but like... Uh, especially a book of this size is just there's not enough time while also working a forty hour work week. But oh, if yeah. I was getting paid, yeah, I totally could do it. and it would be a little bit easier because like it's also the the matter of I don't have time to both read six hundred pages and edit separately. like so I kind of have to like read and edit at the same time, yeah, yeah, and uh that's not the most efficient way to I mean, that's the most efficient way to edit, but that's not the it's way not you're the gonna get your effective. best, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not you're not gonna get your best results, and you know, I'll go back and go, oh, shit. Yeah. I have to tell him something because now two chapters later that changes my opinion. But
0: And that's something that I really I, – I wonder about like professional editors because I know just from doing things like writing book reviews or things like that in the past, you have to learn how to speed read and you have to be effective at it. Like you have to kind of be able to do deep a deep read and a speed read at the same time, yeah. which is incredibly tricky and takes a lot of practice to keep up. But editing – requires a closer read than reviewing right? oh yeah like totally yeah when you especially when you're editing like the structure of a book you have to keep that whole novel in your mind so that you can be like oh wait i think this chapter should go here oh wait these paragraphs you know yeah like that's really really tough to do
1: yeah it's hard to keep it all steady especially when you're doing it kind of uh, as an amateur but
0: yeah when you can't just do like you know, I'm gonna spend my entire month on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have read the whole thing and then gone back and done it chapter after chapter, but like I think there's a certain the way we did it was interesting. Um and I think it came out well. So he was basically sending me chapters as he was finishing them. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been working on this for literally twenty years. Like, so this is a very polished draft. Yeah. But um he was basically incorporating my thoughts on style and whatever in chapters as he's editing the chapters later. Uh-huh. So there was like almost this like recursive thing that like echoed what my previous comments were. So by the end of the book, like the last chapter, I probably had 17 page chapter. I probably had five notes on it, which mm-hmm. is you know most of them were like comma. Uh, use a different word, like you know just really really minimal stuff. So it's interesting. Hey, uh, that's enough about that. This is not okay, okay. Uh, this is not editing biz. Let's so, talk about. Uh, I the, have
0: something to say to you then. I don't want. Grob, gob, glob, grod.
1: Yeah, you know what? I believe that you're the true coward, hiding from sincere expressions like a vampire in the nude, hiding from the light. So we're talking about. I
0: escaped my bottle prison, and now my prison is shame.
1: Exactly. So we are talking about the hit AMC show Sons of Anarchy on this episode. Oh, sorry. uh, Yeah, Grob,
0: Gob, Glob, and Grod are a biker gang from outer space. Yes,
1: yes. Hey, wait, is that the mom from Married with Children? Um, Yeah, we're talking about Sons of Mars. uh, Yes. The season four, episode 15 ish, depending on where you are.
0: When I see the title of this episode, I am reminded of a really amazing episode of Rome called Son of Hades, where one of the main... One.
1: I mean, I saw Rome, but I don't yeah, remember that it, one. I just remember by.
0: enjoying that episode because one of the main characters who's had a really rough time, the the smart one, the blonde main character, you know, there's like the smart one and the dumb one, the two gladiators. Yes, yes, yes. So the smart one in one of the seasons, like his, you know, his wife's left him, all this bad stuff has happened, like his whole life has sort of fallen apart and he kind of becomes a crime lord for a short period of time. And at some point he claims to be a son of Hades which I thought was kind of a...
1: That's cool. That sounds very familiar. When I see that, I think of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, now a Disney Plus program.
0: So this episode is, I think, one of the best ones in this season. It has a number of really amazing central characters. It has some plot development that ends up being resolved sort of a few seasons down the line. And it introduces kind of as a as an actual character grob-gob-glob-grod yes yeah uh,
1: and uh immortal abraham lincoln as as the president of mars yeah which even though he doesn't make it yeah but he, i don't remember if he's been introduced before but like this is certainly the most he's done on the show
0: i think this is the first time we see the king okay. of mars
1: the my only i have one i love this episode it's terrific yeah. i just have one small distraction and it, it's just one of those things that like being made aware of it mm-hmm. on a, on a uh kind of a, a feminist level. Uh and I make fun of this on John Hancock's hate stuff constantly is uh I am very tired of every fucking guy's backstory being oh my wife died and magic man turning out hey what's your backstory? Oh it turns out his wife died. I mean, maybe not die but whatever
0: it's yeah, yeah. it's
1: it's the exa- it's every fucking ta- like come up with something new and I get it it's a kid show. I should be that annoyed but Well, I would like else. to say
0: I think though that Magic Man is presented as a contrast to Ice King. Right? So Magic Man's a character that was introduced much later in the show than Ice King was. So they were able to maybe take him a little bit more seriously when they developed the character. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're both played by Tom Kenny. And uh, Magic Man has a tragic woman backstory past uh, combined with, with you know, so it's madness, sadness, and magic. Uh, including, you know, a magic hat that turns him crazy and into a wizard. Except... Magic man is like deadly and way more serious of a mad wizard than Ice King.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I just just come up with a better backstory, especially because later you find out Simon's just... backstory is oh, yeah, I lost my wife. Well, he didn't lose this wife. Well, he kind of did. That was, he went nuts because, you know, he missed Betty or whatever. No, that's not why he went nuts. That's why he keeps calling everybody princess. Remember, we established this in previous episodes. No, no, no. No, he goes nuts from the crown, but I'm just saying that's a massive contributing factor.
0: Well, I mean, the Betty thing was a contributing factor, but he had to put on the crown and go nuts because of uh, trying to take care of Marceline.
1: Yeah, but in then— uh, And the, Betty was
0: already gone by then.
1: Well, sort of, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't know, but I mean, the reason he got into magic was to get her back because she disappeared. Remember she disappears to try to save him in the past and he doesn't know what happens to her until right. way later? Yeah, Right. And but then, but, but then, he'd already
0: gotten into magic by then.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I yeah. mean it gets deeper. But then but, – but more Fiona and Cake. He's a depressed fuck because he's like, I miss Betty. I don't know what to do. I might as well become the Ice King again. OK. Yeah. But
0: at that point
1: – I'm just saying stop whining, but you're dead ex.
0: I'm just saying like you're you're glossing over a lot of stuff. I know. But still, the fundamental thing of- – Ice King's relationship with Betty is way more complicated.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We find that out later. I'm but just tell- telling you
0: you're wrong. Wrong, <laughs> Alex. Wrong, wrong, wrong.
1: I mean, wrong. It- it's an it's an interesting point to make, pointing out someone's wrong while being wrong yourself. It's a, it's like a recursive kind of thing, and it's an interesting kind of editorial tactic. Wait,
0: how am I wrong?
1: Uh, it's the things I just said. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, it's yeah. Obviously, Ice King's not as straightforward, but just yeah. the yeah. My wife died now. I'm. Now, now I'm X, you know, right, or right, my right. daughter died. Now I need revenge or whatever. it's just it's like I, I just annoyed at m- masculine archetypes. And stuff. yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's, OK, it's I see what you're saying.
0: And it is a really annoying thing. Like it's constant. Every time a strong male character loses a woman, he turns sad and vengeful. But when a strong female character loses a man, she doesn't. She might mope a little bit but then she'll be like I'm getting on with my life everything's going to be cool I'm going to go be a mom and I'm going to do blah 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 Yeah
1: I th- I talk about it on jaws a lot but like it's it, this is like the It annoys me because it's that very American thing where, like, you know, it's like, kind of bloodlust right-wing people where they're just like, oh, yeah, break in my house. See what happens. Mm -hmm. And, like, all it is is, like, you just really want to murder someone. Like, that's all you're saying right now. And it, it, like, ties into that of just, like, oh, man. Like, it's almost like they want their wife to die because, like, finally I just go nuts and start murdering people or, like, I can become a, you know, a magic, a psychotic magic man.
0: Yeah. And Magic Man, so Magic Man's story arc, uh, are we allowed to, like, do long-term spoilers in this? I mean –
1: we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. So so
0: let's do it. Oh,
1: no. I was going to say we should kill a fat German boy. But yeah, yeah, we could do this too. Uh,
0: I mean, if Magic Man was a fat German boy. So Magic Man started out as King Man. He was the previous King of Mars. He put on the hat to try to save Margles or to try to bring Margles back from the dead, perhaps. I don't Is re- she
1: dead? I f- no, I think she's, like, insane in some variety on top of that mountain.
0: Yeah, I think she's she sacrificed herself in some way to save Mars, and he thought he could fix her... Yeah, or something like if that. ...if he yeah. used the magic hat. So he becomes Magic Man, who's just, like, possibly the worst wizard villain, but luckily doesn't show up a whole lot. I'd be annoyed if Magic Man was used more. He's a little too powerful, I think.
1: I don't disagree with that, but... I, I mean, I agree with you. The, by reason... That I'd rather him not show up as often is – and I love Tom Kenny. I think uh-huh. he's a brilliant voice actor. I don't think his portrayal of Magic Man is right.
0: Oh. It's just a little – It's very showman-y.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't – and I don't think Tom Kenny pulls it off. So, like, uh, Andy Daly, who on this show plays the King of U, uh-huh, I think would have done a better Magic Band. And like, he's, he's got, like, okay. a little more dumb, a little more, like – I don't know. There's a little more – human in it like him also being like oh i'm a massive magic user also i'm into show today just there's like a certain i think too much aspect yeah yeah so anyhow later on um,
0: magic man does get cured and he does have the hat removed by betty and he turns into normal man where he loses all his magic powers and he ends up getting beat up a lot so so magic man does have like a character arc a lot of which kind of happens uh, even though it seems like it should be super significant aside from his interactions with mars it's kind of background stuff which is yeah. really interesting but anyhow yeah this episode uh, it, it's just such a delight the- this episode
1: has uh <clears throat> one of my favorite things and um well two of my favorite things is off-screen stuff that's stupid mm-hmm. and uh Fed and jake we get each of in them and they're just carrying a robot that they just beat up for yeah, some reason and it's like a it, yeah. buff robot <laughs> yeah which is hilarious and then later in the episode uh they're on mars And they go, it's the dog, the one you were prophesied to meet. Yeah. (laughs) I love off-screen, like, that reference. Like, there's such a serious prophecy about about Abraham Lincoln was going to beat a dog at one point.
0: It's so. I mean, maybe it's Abraham Lincoln. I mean, and then it turns out that that dog is the reason that Abraham Lincoln dies.
1: Yeah. Uh, Do you think that's Abraham Lincoln?
0: Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I was reading um, some background on the episode, and it turns out that uh, there was a cut scene where – Death took the King of Mars back in time to the Ford Theater so he could be assassinated.
1: Oh. And that's how his
0: immortality has ended.
1: Interesting. So what? wait, so what happened the first time? Like when, at
0: Ford's theater? Like... I guess he didn't get assassinated. I don't know. I wasn't there.
1: He should have been, though.
0: I And I'm finding it slightly suspect. <laughs> Eric, I just wanted you to
1: say Six Semper Tyrannus for a second.
0: Six Semper Tyrannus? Ha <laughs> ha! It was you! <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so it is supposed to be Abraham Lincoln.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I assumed as much, but it's uh, it's it's hard to make that math work. I mean, I know mm-hmm. this is we're dealing with a very stupid show on a lot of levels, yeah. but like a, a guy that's been dead for hundreds of years, plus a thousand years, and also on Mars. It's like, that's a hell of a story.
0: <laughs> I love the, the line, um, run through me like moonlight through the ghost. Nets.
1: Yes, yeah. um, which was my favorite line in the episode is... Mm-hmm. Uh, glob grod god bloop 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 is uh, flying after magic pad and the one says I'm going to activate the thingy that drains his magic juice (laughs) (laughs) I just love the level of unspecificity of that it's like when in the I think it's season one where PB was using like uh, science jargon Uh it's like kind of the opposite of that yeah it's just like yeah I'm gonna do the thing that does the stuff the the dial turn guy
0: (laughs) and then uh, I love uh, when they're back on Mars and the king of Mars is like turn on the dark Mm. instead of turn out the lights yes turn on the dark. it's fine i like the i like the mars thing i like that they go to mars and this isn't the only time they do they go to mars a couple other times yeah there's a couple like really poignant things in this episode that that might seem like if this episode was just a throwaway it it wouldn't be so significant but one of them is that um grob gob glob grod is magic man's our magic man's older siblings and so that's kind of interesting, and then the other one is there's the there's the platform that sends magic that can send you to Mars, and the way it works is by thinking about somebody you love.
1: Yeah, which is why Magic Man can't use it.
0: Yeah, and he sort of has this whole thing where he's like, "It's not going to work. It bro- it broke. It stopped working shortly after he got here. Like, yeah. I can't use it anymore." Which really, I think, is uh, a sad but important insight into like the nature of Magic Man.
1: Yeah, he's a sad sack piece of shit. Rest and piss, asshole. Yeah. The Wand of Disbursement is hilarious, Mm -hmm. which is the uh, wand that they were going to uh, disperse Magic Man's consciousness into uh, the the eternity of the universe, and it's going to be a magical journey. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it turns out it's actually Jake, because Magic Man has done the old switcheroo with their bodies. But I love Jake going like, yeah, that actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah like I'm, yeah. I'm signing up for that. Like, it's like But this then big... he's
0: like, I, but I'd miss Finn and yeah. he'd miss me.
1: I just like like Jake's willing to just go with anything. He's like, yeah. yeah, on one hand, I'll be like totally dead. But I mean, infinite cosmos and a weird <laughs> journey of discovery. I mean, that sounds <laughs> Which pretty cool. Which is something
0: he said before that he wants.
1: Yeah. Uh, so here's the question on the, the wizard side of this, on the, on the esoteric weirdness that we're meant to be discussing. Uh huh. So Abraham Lincoln goes to the 37th dead world yes, and gets Jake back in he trades his immortal soul for Jake to come back. Uh-huh. What does that mean for the cosmos as we understand it, that that's the 37th dead world? Like what is – is it a multiverse? Is it the 37th iteration of the dead world? Does
0: the dead world oh, keep man. getting – See, that's such a good question. Like I don't know that they thought about that when they made this. Yeah. Uh, I know that Jesse Moynihan did help with the artwork in this episode. Um, which I think is pretty obvious. Yeah, Mars,
1: Mars looks like yeah. Yeah, their stuff.
0: You know, later on in Fiona and Cake, we discover that there is a multiverse. And it is kind yeah. of being ruled over. Uh, it's big and complicated. I-, I don't know, is death in every multiverse? Yeah, we, what... we had this conversation with the nightosphere stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. That's what I'm trying to... Because the, cause now that they called out the... 37th mm-hmm. uh, you have to wonder or there are just 37 of them and then if jake dies on earth does he also go to the 37th
0: i don't know but we did see the death worlds in that uh distant lands episode yeah yeah so they did make a trip through them but i don't think there were were there that many i don't remember i don't remember
1: the yeah i don't I don't either at one point uh finn says eat my skid which mm-hmm. is
0: terrific Pretty gross.
1: yes yeah, I mean, I don't I have a ton of insightful notes on here, other than this episode rules. Like, yeah. it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and it, it sets up some it sets up important stuff for later. You know, yeah. um, having death back is is cool. Like, he and he does end up being more significant later on, and he's still played by uh, Miguel Ferrer.
1: Yeah, so he's played by Miguel Ferrer here. What's interesting though is that. Uh, death becomes mute as the show goes on because McGregor Ferrer died Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to recast them. Yeah. And by interesting, I'm pretty sure I've said this eight times on the show already, but uh, I'll say it again. It's it's somebody's first episode.
0: (laughs) Another really interesting turn in this episode, one that I don't know that I really noticed before this watch, was um, when Finn and Magic Man get back to his filthy hovel. And he's like, oh, there's a thing that works. I don't know where it is. It'll never work. It stopped working after I got here. It's not until Finn finds the picture of King Man and Margles and Magic Man catches a glimpse of it. Once he sees that, he's like, oh, it's downstairs. Come with me. Yeah. Like, like there is still a glimmer of hope. Like, there is still something in there. And you can see that that's probably what Grob-Gob-Glob-Grod was hoping would start to take over and turn... And help heal Magic Man. but It never worked. But
1: Yeah. You have to question how good their utopia is, that they
0: could produce someone like him. It wasn't a utopia. No, that's what I mean. They say it is in this episode. Right. But yeah. And they didn't produce him. The hat did. He was the king originally. But there was
1: no king before that? We don't know. But
0: that's what I mean. So if there is a utopia that's
1: brilliant, because they call it a, a Martian utopia or whatever mm-hmm. in this episode... One presumes that the the leadership structure has been that way to make a utopia, intimating that the King Crown at some point was on someone that made a utopia with the King Crown on.
0: Yeah, but the, the, the Magic Man hat is not a, is not the crown. Where'd that hat come from? I don't remember. We'll find out in a different episode.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I, I'm just saying I think there's a little suspect. I think this is like a money laundering Maybe scheme. Maybe there's no such thing as a utopia.
0: I don't know. I don't know either. I saw that show though. I mean, I think we find out in the next episode that even the Candy Kingdom isn't a utopia. We know the Candy Kingdom isn't a utopia. Candy is a
1: fucking, it's a a David Lynchian nightmare horror. (laughs) I feel like
0: maybe Slime Kingdom might be the closest thing to a utopia. There's never any conflict there. We never have to go to Slime Kingdom to fix anything, except during the Elementals story arc.
1: Yeah, let's see, what other could there be? Yeah, they all kind of suck.
0: Wildberry Kingdom might be... Good Breakfast Kingdom, I guess, is worth it. No, wait, Breakfast Kingdom is something else. Yeah,
1: Breakfast Breakfast Kingdom will be good. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I, I guess Candy. I think living on the outskirts of Candy Kingdom would be fine. Like where Finn and Jake are, I think, are probably the best, except back. for the
0: taxes and yeah, whatever. They got gold. <laughs>
1: uh So let us move on from this episode. Unless we okay. have more notes.
0: Uh, yeah. The only other thing I want to mention is that um Abraham Lincoln, aka the King of Mars. Uh, was voiced by Pendleton Ward, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I could hear that. Ooh, and one more thing. There's speculation. So right at the beginning of the episode when um, Grob, Gob, Glob, Grod, mm-hmm. Gob, Grob, you know, you know. Uh, Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. is flying towards Ooh uh, to catch mm-hmm. Magic Man. He takes a random stag and magics it into a telescope. Yes. And there's speculation that that's the stag, the hands stag from No One Can Hear You. Oh, that's fun. But nobody, I mean, it's never obvious and we never really see that. Yeah,
1: but why not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 good with it. Let's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I think um, that's about all I've got for this episode, too. So excellent. That leads me to um, our show's eternally second most important question. What's the first most? I don't know. I'm just leaving room. Oh. Oh, the first most is who won these episodes.
1: Yeah, that's true. We can't do that yet, though.
0: Yeah. The second most important is Alex. Have mm-hmm. you found any shiny rocks lately?
1: Uh, If by shiny rocks, you mean words I like, boy, howdy, th- th- sort of. Uh, <laughs> I only have one actual word and then like a couple other things. So let's do the word first, because I'm pretty sure in your position as... Uh, I don't want to give any more hints than that. I'm pretty sure you'll know this word. Okay. But I didn't. Encomium. N- Encomium. N- E-N-C-O-M-I-U-M. Encomium. That M might be wrong. Wait, <laughs> that, I feel like that spelling might be pre- No, Now, I must have copy-pasted, but that spelling feels wrong.
0: No, that's all right. I just feel like there should have been an N in there. Encomium. Yeah. Is that, uh, oh, I know what that is. That's the um, rare earth metal that combs are made out of.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Avatar 3 is going to be based around right, that. Right, right. Yeah. Encomium, yeah. They, yeah. they, they, go they gave the, up on unupdating. They go to the then, hair planet. And they go to Encomium. They comb their little tails with it.
0: So what is Encomium?
1: Um, so the reason I didn't want to give away, I felt like this might be a word that Masons use, but I guess not. Uh, encomium is a speech or piece of formal writing that praises something or someone highly. Huh. Like to give an encomium. And I just feel like not that I mean I'm totally guessing, but that just doesn't that feel like something that there'd be yeah. like a Masonic thing that like yeah, it And really know the does. encomium. Yeah. 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 Uh, huh. yeah. yeah, It's just a cool word. I'm I'm actually kind of glad you don't know it because like in my head I was like, Oh, is this one of those really common ones that I just didn't like uh, <laughs> what was the one for the other week? Swale or just like Right. sword. Sword. I was just like, Oh swart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I, I didn't know, know that, that word.
0: That's super common.
1: No, but, but I thought it was going to be super common. And the fact there's was in Robert E. Howard was the reason I knew you would know it cuz you read those. Okay, so that's in and Okay, okay. We have I would like you to choose between uh, a funky thing, uh a neologism and a internet data thing.
0: When you say internet data thing, do you mean like Twitter? I'd give I mean you, like like I, uh do you mean like uh Bumble where you're dating a thing or do you mean like Data. Data.
1: Yeah. Data thing. Yeah. Like. No, not data thing. Like, like, we're not dating objects. Aw. I mean, you can. I'm not stopping you. It's just not, not in this. Not in this. Um, let's
0: do then the first one. Okay. Weird thing. Weird thing.
1: Weird thing is uh, I found a, uh, in quotes, new created language, which uh-huh. I find really interesting, called Tokipona. Tokipona? Yeah. T-O-K-I-P-O-N-A. And it is translated to the language of good, essentially. Ooh. So uh, it was created by uh, Sonia Lang. Uh-huh. Uh She is a Canadian linguist. And the idea of it is a that... A cunning linguist? She is a cunning linguist. She hangs out with that little man in a boat on a, on a daily. <laughs> it is supposed to be a language with the smallest number... Of words and the smallest number of words to get across your point. Uh It's supposed to be like the easiest thing. So essentially, there's uh, there's the 137 essential words, and that's essentially the entire language. Right. And there's some slight other additions to it, but essentially, that's the thing.
0: Okay. And
1: um, tell us some words. uh, Yes. Just the letter A is ah ha uh oh ooh ah and well, as in the emotion well, feeling well. Uh, akisi, that is a non-cued animal, like a reptile or amphibian. Okay. Uh, Allah, A-L-A. So, that as a modifier, it's no, not, non, or un. Uh-huh. So, taking all of those and it's just Allah. So, oh, Allah
0: akisi would be a not-non-cued animal.
1: I don't know how double negatives work, but that logically, yes. Uh, the noun would be nothing, negation, or zero, which all makes sense. But then oh, yeah. you're taking all those and then, and as an interjection, you can say that means no. Ala. Yeah. Uh, Alasa is hunt, gather, forage. Uh, let's skip out of the A's. Uh, wait, give me a letter. That's not A. Uh,
0: let's do K. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. There's no C's. Um Good. So K. We've got, uh, let's start with the top here. We've got Kala. That's just fish or sea creature. Okay. That's all of them. Kalama. Actually, guess what Kalama is. I think you might be able to guess it.
0: Kalama, I mean, it's... I mean, is it land creature?
1: No. Uh, Oh, sorry. Pretend you didn't hear the word for fish. Now, just based on this, what does the word Kalama mean?
0: Uh, disaster.
1: Oh, you went the other way. It's sound, noise, voice. Like oh. Calamitous. I, th- I yeah. mean, they don't, they're not doing Latinate roots. I think a lot of these are just made well, I mean, up. I calamity.
0: But, I went calamity. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cala- yeah, that's what I mean. It's, yeah. yeah. You're, uh, but it, it feels right, right? Calama. Yeah. It's also make noise is the, is the verb. Uh-huh. And then sound, ring, or play an instrument is calama. Huh. So you see how they're just kind of like, it's very broad. Like, it means everything. Right. So the next word is a great uh, broad one. Comma, which is come, become, arrive, happen, pursue actions to arrive to, manage to, start to, As a noun, event, happening, chance, arrival, beginning. As a modifier, coming, in the future. And VT, bring about, uh, summon. Verb, transit, what's VT?
0: Uh, Transitive verb, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Bring about or summon. Which is cool, because it's like, you can see how that would make sense. I mean, it's a little bit like caveman speak. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I just think it's super interesting. Give me one more letter, I'll give you some more.
0: Uh, Let's do P. P.
1: Comes after O, if I remember correctly. Okay, guess what Oko is? Oko? Oko. O-K-O.
0: Oko. No idea. No clue.
1: Eye. Oko. Yeah, like ocular or, or uh, occular. Oh, you're talking about high. eyeball. Yeah, eye, yeah. Okay. Oh, you thought it meant eye. Like Not a the, pronoun. Yeah, pronoun. no, no, sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's eyeball. Uh, Olin.
0: Olin. Oil?
1: No, it's the last half of your co-host's last name, you fucking asshole. That's Bolin. Yeah, I said the last half. Um Olen is love, love, or to love. Oh. Olin. It kind of it kind of makes sense. Uh let's so I'm just gonna choose a random one. We're gonna go with while. Uh, which is to want, need, wish, have to, must, will, or should huh. as a noun, desire, need, or will as a modifier necessary.
0: So how did she uh design the language?
1: Uh I think she's like a like a Ponzi linguist that came across it. Um came across it yeah i I mean like no i know i was trying to read and i just my sentence went sideways i just i was was hoping you picked up on the fact that i just said something fucked up and would go with it you you shouldn't have picked up on that but i just i was like i was trying to because i'm like i can't exactly remember what what the basis on it i think the idea was that it's basically she just broke down the most common phonemes for thing Uh and then just Got to like a minimalist language from that and just tried to combine as many wow. words with similar, uh, similar words. I think it was just kind of like, you know, elbow juice, elbow uh-huh. grease, like as a linguist. Yeah.
0: And how, uh, how popular is language? It is, it? is not at all.
1: <laughs> it's, I think it was the users are 50 to 5,000 as of 2001. Wow. I mean, 5,000 isn't, isn't nothing. Uh, there's also a reference here and I haven't looked this up, so I'm sorry if this goes nowhere, but do you know what the, um, Uh, Sapir-Whorf hypothesis. I do
0: know the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis. Oh, what is it? Uh, The Sapir-Whorf hypothesis is that we are incapable of thinking about things that we don't have language to describe.
1: Yes, that's right. But
0: it's been proven wrong. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. But I think she was referencing like this as kind of like a way around her or something. And and the point Uh. is Tokipona, uh, really interesting stuff. Not going to bother to learn it. And I'm going to give you one more really short thing just because I thought it'd be, uh, it's a funny neologism. Can you just look at this? Nope, okay, what does that say
0: u ride tice.
1: Yeah, but what but you can yeah, read this you can read this yeah. uh so it's funny, so what they're calling that is typoglycemia, really, like based on hypoglycemia, like epic like hypofer <laughs> uh-huh. so and the idea is that it's that words that are spelled very wrong but immediately recognizable
0: well, i mean so that's interesting too uh and and that's sort of um. A function of the fact that that English isn't a consistently spelled language. Yeah. So we learn to sight read words as pictograms. Exactly. Of. Yeah. Yeah. And so, this, this plays on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Because if you ever learn how to speed read, like you don't actually read; you're just kind of like it's almost like looking at a photo. Yeah. 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 You.
0: You. The whole idea is you don't say the word. You, yeah. We tend to read in our we read to ourselves in our heads. But yeah, with speed yeah, like reading, internal voice. Yeah you, yeah, you learn to just look at the word and yeah. and let the word exist without having to read it.
1: I that's the way I read naturally. Like, uh, but like halfway. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm in the zone, I don't read the words. It's just kind of like going yeah. in my brain. But then sometimes when I'm just I'm not like on it, I will kind of like sound them out. I'm like, man, this feels like it's taking it forever today.
0: <laughs> so I kind of have a different experience with that. I enjoy uh, so like uh, I taught I, I learned how to speed read more than fifteen years ago. I time keeps moving.
1: Yeah, it's fun to do that.
0: But in learning how to speed read, I discovered that I kind of enjoyed the slower form because I kind of enjoy. The art of language. I kind of oh, like sitting with it a little bit. So 100%
1: agree, which is why I like audiobooks, which I never uh, liked audiobooks before, but like a hundred, it forces me to listen to it at the exact speed the motherfuckers are reading. I can't escape it. I can't do the, I'll just skip this paragraph, which I find myself doing in uh-huh. like George R. R. Martin and stuff where I'm like, I know nothing's happening here. I'm just going to cut a breeze head.
0: <laughs> there's a, um, I, I don't know if this has ever been proven true, but there's this, I, there's this thing. I've, that I've read a couple times that says that, like, uh, before the printing press, people didn't read silently. Reading was always out loud. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's actually true or yeah. not, but uh, that, that's an interesting development over time for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of segues,
0: let's talk about the episode Burning Low. I mean, we could just segue into it, but, bro, you got to let things take their natural path.
1: Nah, man. I'm like a straight Step 15 kind of fellow.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Do not. Do not do Tier 15.
1: <laughs> what do you think Tier 15 is? Do you think that's like uh, uh, mushing genitals?
0: Well, I think uh, it's got to be past it because I think there's already something in there about mushing and genitals. And there's also the tier, what was it like, Tier 9, where it's like, make sure you got the next day off because you're going to have to sit down and think about what you've done.
1: Oh, I wonder if we have different edits. That wasn't in the episode I watched.
0: Oh, that, I mean, I think he, he might mention that in a different episode. So oh, okay, because I'm like,
1: I'm like, oh, that was not in the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, tier eight is uh, touch her horn for the very first time.
0: Right, which is definitely sex. A handy.
1: No, oh, he's talking about he's, he's talking, because he also says, uh, because tier five is touch all 15 feet of her long, beautiful stomach. Yeah, ex- obviously, yeah. he's just talking about him <laughs> discover, and Princess Rainicorn. Discover
0: all 15 oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 My, yeah.
1: My, my, my mistake. Yeah, anyway, so this episode is based around Finn and uh, Fling Princess's blossoming love affair, and I just need to get it out of the way because I've said it before, I'll say it again.
0: I have it written down here. I know, exact. can I predict what you're about to Please about? do? Please do because you know you are going to. Uh, complain about the fact that uh, Flambo isn't there to cast Protection from Fire.
1: Or anybody cast Protection from yeah. Fire. It is so frustrating because this is like a like an 80s sitcom where it's like a, a conversation would solve everything. Uh-huh. I hate those stories. And I don't hate this. This is a perfectly good episode, but that just hangs over the head of it. It's like, why did you show that there's an easily accessible spell that would, st- one, stop the world from being fucking destroyed, uh, let Finn kiss without getting third degree burns on his face? Like, it's... Oh man, that annoys me. it's it just it it's it's a pall over every single episode, and it's the most annoying things about Flame Princess episodes until she starts rapping, and then I forget about it immediately because that <laughs> is dog <laughs> shit. But we're not there yet. <laughs>
0: okay. okay, okay. I have a question though. Oh, please, I'd love to give you an answer. This is a um, this is a, a politics related mm-hmm. question. This episode opens with uh, with Flame Princess and Finn on a date being chaperoned by Jake. Yes. When Finn and Jake come back to the treehouse, mm-hmm. Princess Bubblegum is inside the treehouse scooping gold and gems into a bag. And they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm just collecting taxes. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on a second. Hold on one enormous crappy second. Princess Bubblegum broke into their house... To collect taxes, they don't even really live in the Candy Kingdom. I just want to know: Is this just more proof that Princess Bubblegum is a bad guy?
1: I have two answers to that. One, I believe she wouldn't have broken in. I think the door is either unlocked or Bimo would let her in gladly. So let's just take but that BMO off the wasn't table. wasn't there. Bimo was there. He wasn't watching. No, not in that room at that time, but you don't know what happened off screen. She's probably been there for a while. Bimo could have came down and be like, OK, you can come in. And then he goes upstairs and skateboards. Oh, but man. Uh, secondarily, yes, it does prove she's a villain. Like, that's okay. also true. But I was just taking away uh, she was not breaking and entering. She was uh, she was entering lawfully and then thieving.
0: So no other we never see any other Candy Kingdom residents uh, with gold. Well, so this is.
1: We've talked about the the economy of Ooh a, a little bit in the past. How gold would have absolutely no value, uh-huh. except that she's kind of sciency, and gold has a lot of value, in like in in wiring and shit and like electronics, that, in, yeah, electronics. Yeah. So like, also, can you think anybody else in the Candy Kingdom that's making any kind of real cash? I mean, they're all a bunch of fucking dummies walking around. Uh, oh yeah, smacking into shit, So and
0: also, I mean, it sucks uh, to be a Candy Kingdom re- to be a Candy person because basically, you're just as you're really just a serf. Yeah. Princess and also, Bubblegum created you so that you could yeah. work.
1: And they kind of work for her, so you could just kind of take the taxes out in the first place.
0: True, true. I mean I know they're
1: getting shit from dungeons or whatever, but leave that on the side. That's like Bitcoin. Don't don't fucking ask me about it. Um <laughs> This is Candy
0: Three man. Candy three point oh. Yeah. Yeah, Candy Coin. Oh, I have an aside. Okay. I have a story. Okay. So uh as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I played music with my brother yesterday. He lives way on the other side of town. So at uh so last night. I took a lift home from his house. My Lyft driver was a crypto-bro conspiracy theorist and a mild anti-Semite. Hell yeah. What do you think about the last episode of Rogan? Uh, he did not talk okay, about surprising. Rogan. It came up because, you know, he, like, I like it when Lyft drivers ask, like, oh, yeah, how's your night going? And, you know, so mm-hmm. I told him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was just playing music with my brother. And he's like, oh, what do you guys play? And talked about a little bit. And he's like, I don't. I don't write music, but I do uh, – I'm a lyricist. I'm like, okay. He's part of a Web 3.0, which is, which is cryptocurrency web, role-playing game, and his character is a pirate, and he had pirate rap that he had written. Oh, boy. From the point of view of his pirate character that was pro-cryptocurrency and anti-capitalist. Wow. And he played me MP3s of it.
1: No shit. Um, was it any good? Well, wait, 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 before you answer that, any good, f- given the description you just gave, for that being the genre, was it any good? No, okay. it was obviously it's not good.
0: Let me say that like you know that I'm not I d i am not a really good understander of poetry, mm-hmm. right? Like you have a better grasp on poetry than I do. Yeah, I literally Easily. have a degree in it, I should also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he his rhyme scheme was basically um and his and his lines were each approximately four syllables long. Oh, that's so it was um it was really, really bad. Uh, but it got worse because we ended up getting stuck in traffic. Uh, because there was a freight train that was there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then he started telling me about the other crypto bros in his group and he started to get into anti, uh, anti Semitic conspiracy theories oh. around 9 11. Okay. And I had to sort of, I had to be like, oh God, I can't trigger this guy to, I want to turn him into uh what do uh, what do uh conspiracy theorists call it? He- I didn't want to like turn him into a lunatic, you know, murderous, yeah, yeah, rampaging weirdo. So I kind of steered him away from that. It was difficult. He had a lot of uh white savior ideas about how his crypto bros knew what was going on and what people really wanted and stuff. Um, so we got stuck behind that stupid train for like 10 extra minutes, and that lift drive ended up costing me 10 extra dollars. So I got stuck in a lift car with an anti Semitic crypto bro conspiracy theorist, mm. and it cost me money to do so, extra money to do so.
1: I know it's, I know it's, and pure Princess I- Bubblegum takes taxes. I know it's pure irony or whatever, but uh, you know who makes the trains run? I think you know.
0: Um, (laughs) Steve Gutenberg. Okay. On a a
1: dumb note, very, very quickly, I have a really dumb pirate joke I want to tell you. Okay. What is a pirate's favorite letter? R? Now you think that his first love be the C. Ooh. (laughs) Really dumb joke. Okay. So, yeah, we got the tears of thing. Uh, Finn loving up on uh, Flame Princess by hugging. Kind of getting the kissing. It
0: was so cute when they both blushed.
1: Yes. But uh, whatever. I'm not going to talk about the fucking, uh, you know, blue spell again. If you are wrapped up in aluminum foil or uh-huh. tin foil, if you you know if you want to be like that, or, or aluminum foil, if yeah, you want yeah. to be uh, from England, I feel like you would be baked terrifically.
0: Oh, absolutely! Like that is
1: not good. Like you need some like uh, what's you that shit that asbestos. gives you lung cancer? Yeah, yeah, asbestos. Yeah, he need some fucking asbestos up in that shit. Not yeah, just, yeah, like that's he's making himself a human baked potato. He
0: is, but you know the the hug is fast. So oh yeah, it's
1: it is really cute. Uh, they make a great couple, but it turns out Princess Bubblegum. Uh, is drawn differently in this episode. I think maybe I they, noticed that, and I really, the artwork is a little. I like her model in this a lot. Yeah, like I like, and I think it's kind of their her later model. I think it
0: looks really cool. It's interesting. I think uh, so. It, there, I, I noticed that art change also, but I think they also did it because they had um, they had some really close shots of both Princess Bubblegum and Finn. Yeah. in this episode during some sort of emotional moments, and I wonder if they just had never. They'd never done that with I'm sure that's part of it, before. Yeah,
1: yeah. They changed her coloring is slightly different too, but it looks yeah. but anyway, um, she tries to explain to to uh Jake that uh Finn and her getting together would cause her to essentially go thermonuclear and destroy yeah. the world. And Jake stops paying attention and hears, Oh, you're jealous, because mm-hmm. you know, Finn doesn't like you anymore, which is very cute. And we find out that Jake uh, has a regular video conference calls with, uh, President Porpoise via BMO, which is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And,
0: uh, and also, uh, Princess Bubblegum does ride home with, uh, Maro, her, her giant oh, yeah, crowned yeah. eagle. Uh, there's also a really, really great line where Princess Bubblegum's kind of prying a little bit. Like there's a classic sort of, you know, sitcom-esque misunderstanding in this episode that Princess Bubblegum is jealous. When she's not really. Yeah. I mean, maybe she probably is a little bit, but not really. Um, but there's this great line where Jake's like, that's private business, PB. You got to stay out of a man's pee biz."
1: Yeah, that's good. There's a whole dating thing. Finn writes a sappy poem. My boy, like to hear that.
0: Say something about her spectrum. Yes. Ew. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: good. <laughs> uh, and then there's my favorite spot in this episode is that- the Bacon
0: Pancakes song. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancake. My second
1: favorite spot in this episode is when PB starts talking to Finn and he doesn't understand Mm -hmm. that she's trying to tell him about uh, Flame Princess is going to. Uh, completely erupts and yeah. he and he's like, oh my god, she likes me again. This is fucked up. I'm, my little kid yeah. brain and but the look on his face and her face when she has her hand on his knee, yeah, and he's going nuts. But you see that she's desperate in a different way. And I'm like, I really like because we we're just saying it's I don't so like this well misunderstanding. Done. But yeah, that's a perfect like just two stories happening simultaneously. And the it, art style is really well done.
0: There there were two spots in this episode that that I really loved that were related to that. One of them is when um when Jake gets all protective of Finn and is telling PB that she needs to back off. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, this isn't the time he cried for you. Like you broke his heart and now you're just rubbing his face in it. Like he is, he gets so righteously protective of, of Finn. I thought that that was just like really, really well done. And that scene you were talking about where, where Finn actually like stands up for himself. Like it shows like real maturity on Finn's part that he was, Able to, yeah, to stand up for himself and, like, finally tell Princess Bubblegum how he felt, even, even if it was, you know, no, it, you know, he, 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 he told Princess Bubblegum yep. the truth, and, you know,
1: so Flame Princess does go a little thermonuclear, mm-hmm. and much like an argument with your girlfriend in real life. Uh, asphyxiating her stops the argument, and that's a lesson. How that everybody many episodes should...
0: <laughs> have you been waiting to tell that joke?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I literally just thought about that about four seconds ago. I
0: <laughs> no, think I swear. It's I not, no one believes that. I put that. <laughs>
1: kiss equals world ending, no oxygen, jealous, shut up. I like the PB model on this. That's my last notes. There were no. I just thought of it now. I'm like, oh, that's a horrible thing to think. I'm gonna tell everybody about it. So uh, everything works out well. Uh, I do
0: like that. That jealous, shut up. Oh, Finn. <coughs> what? Jealous? Shut up.
1: Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. It turns out that PB actually probably is a little jealous. This is isn't only about the particular yeah, yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, I think she is a little bit. Yeah,
1: which is, you know, a different aspect to her, kind of lightening her up a little bit, which, we, uh-huh. you know, it goes on as the as the show goes on. She actually becomes a character that has you know actually expressive love and whatever yeah um but yeah it's interesting because also uh you know now we get back into the well that's I mean he's still 13 and you're you're you, even if you're he's, not a thousand you're 27 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's uh. yeah um but I mean, whatever you know, it's literally last human on Earth. I mean, who, who's going to prosecute you? Right. Yeah.
0: yeah exactly. There's no. Yeah. There's no. Lo- there's yeah. no human lawyers left.
1: Yeah. And coming in front of Judge Butterscotch is uh, the is pedophile the princess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, PP <laughs> pedophile
0: princess. Yeah. That's that's a good episode. So let's go back to the bacon pancake song. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have a long history with the song. Like I used it as my ringtone for years. Oh really? That's fun. And then it's in our it's in our theme or it's that in our intro yes. music, but. I have heard that. I have heard the bacon pancakes song so many times that I actually now make bacon pancakes every once in a while. Nice. Uh, and in fact, I think I told you, um, last spring I made gluten free bacon pancakes.
1: Now, did you mix the bacon up and put them in the pancakes? Making pancakes? Making? Well, bacon it pancakes? turns out
0: Jake's recipe isn't an awesome way to do it. You have to do. Get mad and throw a box of pancake mix at your friend. Sometimes. Okay.
1: Yeah. You're welcome to. I think it'd be funny. Just don't hit me in the head.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm. I mean, you wear black. You no, that's, wear all that's black the funny. That's where the, funny, the, that's it, where the funny would be.
1: I just don't want to catch a corner right, on my eyeball. Right, right. Yeah, totally yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I would. You know what would be better? I could throw a bag of um, pancake mix. Oh, that's the right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, yeah. The, I mean, the best way that I've found to do it is to get like the really thick uh, cut bacon or even... um bacon ends chop them into little pieces fry them up really yeah. well then mix them in with the batter that's the best way to do it
1: that is that is how i make my omelets is i'll get what you called minecraft bacon that really really thick uh, bacon you saw it in my fridge and called it minecraft bacon oh. i thought it was funny <laughs> yeah. um because I, I mix that in with the eggs first and then do an omelet that's instead of idea. like folding it in it just i i think it works better yeah that is all i have to say about this episode other than it's a really good one other than the complete lack of um uh, that blue spell that would yeah yeah.
0: so okay now um in terms of overall plot stuff uh one of the things that's very interesting about this episode is that two of the elementals are in it right the fire elemental and the candy elemental are both in it and their elemental natures aren't really totally revealed until much much later on but flame princess is uh obviously far too dangerous Like, it's revealed in this that that PB is the one who had her locked up in the Flame
1: Kingdom. Yeah, because she knew she was, you know, physically unstable.
0: Yeah, and it kind of makes sense, but it does sort of point to, like, PB being a little pragmatically cold-hearted. Yeah, because also, she's got a
1: brother that's a little unstable, and she just locked him under a tree. True. So she's really into just locking people up when she can't deal with them.
0: That's, That's, I think, maybe a thing. Like I said, PB might be a bad guy.
1: If her and Marceline's kid have ASD, it's gonna be. She is gonna be fucked. Can they have kids? Yeah, why not?
0: So Marceline is a half demon vampire. Yeah, and Princess Bubblegum is living bubblegum.
1: Marceline turns into mists, goes up into Princess Bubblegum, and inserts herself into her bubble uterus. Uh, and a yeah. bubbleless. Yeah, yeah, and then that's it. Then nine months later, uh, you know, horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Five years later, HB <laughs>
0: Lovecraft's vision oh finally, finally hits the, the world. Bubble Thulu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I do have uh, a new segment I'd like to introduce. I, I would love to hear I'm it. I'm going to call it uh is That a Butt Plug? <laughs>
1: You know, that's funny. I said the exact same thing when I got it. No, this is this is a dollar store lava lamp that was in my- um, Oh,
0: look at that. Uh,
1: I went to my friend's house for uh, Christmas, uh-huh. and she gave me some, some what I would call in my in my Polish background, chocskis. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, this is, but uh, we both laughed, and I'm pretty sure that's why they bought it is because it's, it is it does incredibly like... butt-pluggy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, uh, Uncomfortably-
0: uh... Like, yeah,
1: no, like it's, it's like, and the thing is it doesn't need like any part that unscrews is all the way at the bottom. So So like you could insert and it would be fine. I feel like you probably need more airflow though. So it doesn't get stuck like that story of people with the Coke bottle.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you'd want to lube it for sure. Okay. Well, that was the end of our new segment, Is That a Butt Plug?
1: Yes, and tonight's answer is no butt. (laughs) Is that butt spelled with two T's? I'll let you find out. (laughs) Eric, I would like to direct you to uh, tell the audience where they can find us.
0: All right. Well, you know, Alex and I, uh, we have a YouTube channel. We do. And uh, our YouTube channel is the repository of a great deal of WizBiz-related knowledge, including our episodes, our TikTok stuff, when we make TikTok stuff, our Twitch videos, our Twitch streaming videos, when they are good.
1: Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, I would like to tell everybody, uh, there is – Alex playing The Legend of Zelda is on our uh, on our uh, YouTube. Yeah. Parts one and two.
0: We I, also have – but, but wait, wait.
1: Part oh. three uh, got fucked up and oh. uh, we'll never post. So I apologize for that. Uh, I can't imagine you're going to – be so vested in it. They're like, oh my god, I'm never going to... Yeah, I beat Ganon. It wasn't that hard, but there's your answer, just in case you're there. I felt bad. I was like, should I delete the first two? Eh, whatever. No, yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Please.
0: But So anyhow, yeah, go check out our YouTube and uh, and see the cool stuff we're doing over there. It's um, WizViz Podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us at WizVizPodcast.com where there is a link to our YouTube channel Correct. and all of our amazing episodes. You can subscribe to whiz podcast anywhere podcasts are found including youtube music is that what the new one is called so google Podcasts is going away yeah anyhow yeah YouTube you don't music. care about um, that oh, and, and
1: just uh, on a so- uh, all joking salad uh, eric and i have uh, rearranged the behind the scenes stuff on WizBiz, which means that i have held my nose and uh i've now been checking and responding to our twitter account so if you're still on twitter oh, are you
0: doing twitter uh, yes yes oh, i've
1: okay. i've uh, taken my i'm going to do social uh social things responsibly and went, all right fine i'll fucking go back in mostly cuz i checked in and there's people like talking to us and stuff really? like
0: really how how are how's twitter doing shitter
1: it's fine, somebody asked what you're playing in your guitar, and I said Eric's not here, but I'm pretty sure his go to karaoke song is uh Suckin' on My Titties by Peaches.
0: Okay, that's true. Because I
1: just I like the idea of you of you playing Suckin' on My Titties. Uh, uh, I like I I no, I, think I it's went called through fuck a Peaches phase. Fuck the pain away is the name yeah. of that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I I looked it up, so I used the right one. Don't worry, I used the right song title I, um, on our Twitter. I
0: definitely know all the lyrics to that song.
1: That's that's the part that I find in music. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're also on Blue Sky, if Eric didn't say that already.
0: Yes, Blue Sky
1: and that's just about it. So, yeah, we're replaces. So, yeah, do that. And uh, twitch.tv slash wizbizpodcast. In fact, uh, 20 minutes ago, we were going to start doing a game. So, we're going to start. We're going to do that now. Yeah, we're going to do that now. So, we'll see you in uh, one single fortnight. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. The ending was not believable.